If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Finally, play the game. And he's going to go over 100 for the 13th consecutive game. Congratulations, Nick Joe. Is that a challenge? Miller, the shotgun, gets free on the air. Tracks to Miller's loose. Spin Miller headed for the end zone. Well played, sir. You're the real MVP. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. As always, you are back with the morning after on the April 13th edition. I am the Ohio, Ohio State Cincinnati portion of this program. Your homeboy, JQ. And with me, as always, got my counterpart here, the Southern Gentleman, the Georgia Bulldog, Mr. Dylan Short. What's going on, bro? My man. How are we hanging today? Oh, I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a historic night. Uh, i got to take a couple of Red Bulls and get a nappy in here so I can actually make it to work tomorrow because it's going to be a late evening. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Make but, uh, coffee I with Red Exactly, you know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get to that here in a second. That's what they call a tease. But I wanted to start with the NFL because just two things on, you know, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, and I'd be remiss not to start with, uh, with Will Smith, not only just because he's a Buckeye, of course, but, you know, I hit and run, turned into somebody being shot seven times in the back. Um, and I know it was not really supposed to be a really good, you know, portion of New Orleans where he was in. I'm not going to speculate why he was there. But just, you know, it's just senseless. And, uh, you know, you look at him through the lens of, like, you know, I'm a Buckeye fan. I know how great he was on the field for us and also for New Orleans helping him win the Super Bowl. But you really get a testament to, of what a man's worth and what, how people value him after he's gone and something happens to him. And all the well wishes and everybody just in shock and, uh, you know, poured about what happened to him pretty much gave me a good feeling. You know, Will Smith seemed like he was a pretty good dude. Um, it's, just, it's just so sad. Uh, he was going to get a job with the organization and go to law school. Uh, to be cut short, you know, his wife has been shot. He's got three kids that no, no, don't no longer have a father. Um, I, I don't really have a whole lot more to say to it that, you know, we've got to get, uh, get, get some sort of control on these streets and the guns are, you know, it's because I always feel like there's going to be, the, you know, this famous person is going to be the tipping point for the change that's going to come. And it just seems like that that never happens. And I just, it just makes me shake my head, bro. You know, RIP to Will Smith. It's just a shame. I mean, there's, you hit it on the head. I mean, Will Smith was really a beloved football character. I mean, there were some, there's been some, some things that have come out that maybe the circumstances weren't, exactly what everybody thought they were, but regardless of what they were, that's you never like to see that, especially with somebody that made such an impact in the locker room and was really a great ambassador for the sport off it. I mean, it, Tyron Matthews said it best, man. It's New Orleans. Right. 
And that's weird, though, that, you know, I mean, it's not weird because that's just from New Orleans. But he says, you know, he grew up and he knew the dude that shot uh, Will Suffer. And, you know, he called him a coward. Yeah, same way. He called him a coward repeatedly. And then I think the other day Tyron came out and said that he got death, uh, death threats uh, about what he said about the dude. So, um, you know, I don't want to take up too much. Of, yeah, I don't want to take up too much of the segment. Uh, but he had, dude had already been identified, so it wasn't like he outed him. You know, they knew who he was. He was in custody. Uh, you know how it is in places like that. True. Yeah, you know, don't don't speak about it in public. Um, I, you know, I don't want to wrestle him too much to get more on the upbeat note. It's just it's just sad. You know, like I said, R.I.P. to Will Smith. Hopefully, uh, Buckeye and, and uh, Tank Nation can can help move past this and, and make this a uh, 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 you know a talking point that we need to have about you know the level of gun violence we have in the streets. Um, moving on to the other end of the ridiculous spectrum, Josh Gordon. And I text you about this, and I think the only person that's more disappointed than Josh Gordon and his family has got to be RG3. Because, uh, you know, you're going yeah. to Cleveland, and, 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 you, and you've already lost Travis Benjamin to San Diego, and you're counting on Gordon to come back, I mean, as much as you can count on him, and you fail the reinstatement drug test. And I just don't know how you still have to dilute it. It said that he, he didn't test positive, but he, he had too much diluted, diluted in his sample, so that caused an automatic failure, which you know it will. But you've been sitting here waiting to get back into the league for a year. Why do you even have a worry? You should be able to take a hair test and pass it if you want to get back to the NFL. I, I don't know what's wrong with these dudes, man. I, it just leaves me flabbergasted at how you let that happen to yourself. And it's really a shame when you consider just how talented he is and he's letting his prime years just waste away. You're talking about a guy that had the second greatest receiving season ever. In the NFL, he averaged 117 yards a game in 2014 and just a phenomenal downfield threat, a big, huge target. And uh, from all accounts, before this, he had been doing amazing. He passed all of his drug tests, and then this last one caught him up. And it wasn't the drug test because the amount of marijuana in the system wasn't enough for a failure. It was along the lines of secondhand smoke would be what they would classify it. But the dilution, I mean, you know you know those things don't work. You know that they can be found out in tests. Uh, right. I, it was a pleasant surprise, though, to see that the league kind of took an, an easier stance on him. And yeah. he, he gets another test. He has to pass the one on August 1st. And once he classes, if he passes the one on August 1st, then he'll be eligible for reinstatement. That's not saying that he's going to get reinstated right away. If I were to guess, he'd probably get – Six to eight games would be my guess before he's reinstated. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's I do I really don't want to see another Justin Blackman situation. These guys got to they got to get it through their heads, man. Yeah, I, I can't call it. I think the best one I saw was that um, October earliest was from some sources that when he'd be able to play, not you know the reinstatement piece, but actually be able to get on the field. And like you said, the dude has a boatload of talent. And and the second person probably outside of that is probably Hugh Jackson um, because. Again, you, you like you said, he had been doing such a good job trying to get back on that path. And, you know, when you take that job, you're thinking, I'm sure he checked in with Cleveland Brass. Like, have you talked to Josh? Has anybody kept in contact with him? Is he on the straight and narrow to get back? Because that's got, that has to factor in your decision to, to take that job. You think you're getting, like you said, one of the more dynamic wide receivers before he was suspended in the game back in the fold and putting him with his college teammate uh, in RG3. So, uh, yeah, that's. That's Cleveland being Cleveland, man. I, 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 that's why they say Cle- God hates Cleveland because stuff like this happens to them. And I know they gambled on the characters, but my goodness, when it rains, it pours. Um, 
So, yeah, well, I'll come back maybe to a little NFL back later in the show, but I want to make sure we hit on a couple other things first uh, that intrigued me this week that I wanted to get your input on. So, like I talked about uh, in the opening, could be an historic night. Well, it will be an historic night in one instance in that this is Kobe's last game, uh, 20 seasons in, and me being a Laker fan, I know I'm from Ohio, but I've never liked the Cavs. I've never liked the Patriots who are actually closer to Cincinnati because I couldn't stand Reggie Miller. I just cannot stand Reggie Miller. He's just great. I didn't even look at him and hear him talk. Um, so I would imagine Johnson made me a fan, which is why, for our listeners, me being a Cincinnati kid, I'm a Lakers fan. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go out and try to watch that game uh, and watch the Warriors try to beat the Grizzlies uh, to get to 73. Uh, we've been really spoiled this year because, I mean, San Antonio flying under the radar with a 40-1 and home record uh, that the Warriors actually, you know, Yeah, it's taking the problem. They're undefeated uh, home. 66 win team. Yeah. The 66 and we, and win team that talking. nobody's talking about. That, yeah, and that's just how Pop likes it, though. That's just how Pop likes it. He can, he can feed exactly. the, uh, you know, we're not being respected card with the underdogs, everybody giving the title to the Warriors, yada, yada, yada. You know, so that's just like how the Spurs like it. But I just want to get your thoughts on it. And do you think they'll do it tonight? Because if you look at the Warriors' losses, they're puzzling. Like, you know, they lost their first home game to Boston, who isn't bad, but you figured they would beat Boston in, in Oakland. And then to lose to the Timberwolves in Oakland is, you know, their losses aren't really a lot of times to the best teams. It's the teams that you just assume that they will win on their way to 73, and then they stumble up, and then they have to go and beat good teams to get those wins back, if it makes sense. Uh, so I just want to get your thoughts on that on uh, Kobe's last game and uh, if you thought that the Warriors would get to 73. I still think it's good they got to 72. They still go in the record books. I'll probably tune into some of Kobe's last game. I'm a little annoyed at the NBA that they scheduled his last game against Utah instead of somebody like Boston or Chicago, which – NBA knew this was going to be Kobe's last season. They really dropped the ball on that. Nobody wants to see Kobe go against Utah. Uh, as far yeah. as Golden State, <laughs> if Memphis was all hands on deck, I would say that it, I would only give them around a 50% chance because that type of pressure is enormous. Um, but Memphis is hurt, and they don't have Mike Conley, and they're kind of just rolling out whoever can put on a jersey. So I do expect <laughs> the Warriors to get it tonight, depending on – if Steve Kerr actually plays all of his starters. And there has been talk about him resting players, so we'll see how that goes. Um, it's been a historic season regardless, and to tell you the honest truth, I'm not 100% sure that the Warriors repeat anyway, because I have a hard time picking anybody going up against the Spurs and that team in a seven-game series. No, agreed. And I, I – um... And, again, you know, with the way Kawhi Leonard has just his ascension to a superstar has been something to behold. Um, my only concern about them is LaMarcus Aldridge has uh, dislocated his finger. And, and, you know, of course, put it back, he's playing. But it's not going to be right until, you know, he can just, you know, stop playing basketball for some months in the offseason. So that, that only, that's the only thing that worries me a little bit, his ability to hit that mid-range jumper and stretch the defense. But I, I, I agree, you know, I think, I think what Golden State is rolling – and they get you sped up, and you can't sell until the game down like San Antonio wants to, then you have a chance to beat them. But, you know, when they get full bore, I don't, you know, they get those shots falling. I don't think anybody can really hang with them. Um, and I think Draymond Green might just go, you know, crazy if Steve Kerr tries to rest them. Uh, they want the 73 really bad. Uh, and he may fight and, him. And the other, yeah, I think he would. I really think he would fight him. They want it pretty bad. Um, and like you said about the Grizzlies, they're hurt. But if I'm not mistaken, they beat the Grizzlies uh, – two games ago, only by a point with the same depleted yep. roster. And it was uh, Vince Carter and Memphis just going nuts. 
and they still got Z-Ball. You know, Z-Ball will fight you for real, too. Uh, but maybe they won't fight each other because they're both Michigan State. So they, they've got that mutual Michigan State respect going there, uh, Z-Ball and Green. But, uh, if, Vince yeah, Carter is the de- if Vince Carter is the deciding factor, the legend of Vince Sanity <laughs> will be well, full on back. And I will, I will instantly jump Vince Carter up into my top five. Or, well, not the top five. I'm not crazy. But I'll put him into my top 12. <laughs> I mean, he, he's had an underrated career anyway as of yet. But if mm-hmm. at this late stage – coming off barely getting much playing time all season. If he spoils this and he goes yeah. out and dominates a win, my goodness. I mean, can we yeah. just call it a wrap and say, Vince, congratulations, first ballot. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And he almost did it to him in Memphis. He was the catalyst for that guy one-point game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but it's going to be tough. But the only reason why I give much more of a, a chance is because for whatever reason – the Warriors kind of play down or up to the level of competition. It's always a game almost with one of those teams, especially here in the back part of the season where everybody's, you know, they're, they're everybody's Super Bowl at this point. Everybody knows that they're trying to get to this, this point and everybody's trying to mess them up. So, and they play up and down to whoever they're playing against. So, you know, I still think it'll be entertaining. It won't be like that 50-point destruction they put on the Greens a little while ago in Oracle. I just don't think there'll be that. Um, and, again, you know, I, I, I want to make sure, I, you know, I give proper respect to Kobe, you know, Third most points, you know, fifteen All Star appearances. Just it's only one MVP. Well, they cheated him that one. You know that? You know, the, did yeah, you know I, that? I did know that. I did. I was pissed. The Steve Nash got at least one of them. And don't get me wrong, the eight seconds or less Phoenix scenes, they were fun to watch. But what he was doing with like Smush Parker and Kwame Brown in LA, like, come on, man. Look, you go back and look at his numbers. They they got he should have at least two. But you know. And also, people just didn't like Kobe, especially after the whole rape and throwing Shaq under the bus. He could have more, but when you have that Barry Bonds attitude towards the media, huh? that's what happens to you, you know. It's just this past year that everybody's being all warm and fuzzy about him because before this year, was, there was no warm and fuzziness about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he's getting the that was treatment. Yeah, you're right. I was shocked. I was really shocked that he was getting this kind of treatment, given how he's been treated or, or how he's also treated the media up until this, to this point, really, so – you know, go figure. I guess the greatness wins out in the end. Everybody's giving them the, the tribute. It just seems to be the thing to do now. Um, all right. I don't want to get too buried next. We can talk about that for a little while longer. I want to get to you. And we talked about this before the show went on. If you've been listening to the past shows, it seems like uh, that the dumbness baton has been handed from Ohio sports scene to the Georgia sports scene. Um, I believe the Braves are still, are still winless. And we oh, had and a, little incident, a little incident here in, in Athens with a couple of the recruits. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you take it away and, and talk about it. I, I know I know you don't want to, but, but, but we've got to. <laughs> yeah, the incident you're referring to, that would be two Georgia freshmen, and not just freshmen, but key freshmen that they were really counting on being major contributors. Uh, Julian Rochester, the big defensive tackle out of McEachern, who we covered during the fall when we were doing uh-huh. we were both interning for high school football. And defensive uh-huh. back Chad Clay, who we also covered, who was also competing not just for a role, but for a major role in that Georgia defensive backfield. They get busted, uh, what was it, Thursday night or Friday, uh, Thursday. It was on Thursday night. They get busted because a maintenance man has to go up and repair a leak in their dorm room. He sees a BB rifle sitting on the table. 
There are BBs strewn everywhere. There are broken bottles, liquor bottles, of course, that they were shooting. There was a bong. There was a baggie with not enough weed to charge them with, but definitely weed and definitely weed residue. Just, what are you thinking? I mean, mm-hmm. you you know that's a horrible way to start with Kirby. Kirby's going to absolutely annihilate those two, and they get mm-hmm. brought up on charges. They weren't they weren't handcuffed. They were told to go downtown, so they did. But those are felony charges, and they're going to get dropped or they're going to go to probation. They're not going to serve time for it. But those those two are in for a world of pain. When I say welcome to the SEC or welcome to college football, I'm not talking about the game this time. I'm talking about welcome to punishment and welcome to being in the big news now. Um, yep. I wish that was it. Unfortunately, you've got the Braves starting 0-7 for the first time since 1988 when they lost 106 games. Coincidentally, the only other 0-7 team is Minnesota, which also coincidentally, and here's your little – spark of hope Braves fans the last time this happened the Braves went worst to first along with the twins granted they lost oh, that wow. World series but we'll 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 go over that and then as if that's not bad enough on top of Freddie making stupid decisions which we'll cover later Hector Oliveira this morning at six in the morning gets popped for a domestic dispute which is being looked into as domestic assault from a girl that he brought back to his hotel room that he had a previous relationship with, kind of with bruises all over her. So you can expect at least a 30-game suspension from Rob Manfred. And if it goes and he is found, I would venture a guess that it is going to be at least 82 games. Or at least 81. Yeah, yeah, half season, yeah. That's that's tough. And I've been, I've been watching it, and really – for the most part, I think outside of maybe the, I think it was the 12 to 2 Cardinals game, they've been in most of those 12, games seven. going 12. Wasn't they scored 12 rounds in two straight games against the Braves? One was like 12 to 7, another was 12 to nope. 2 or something like that? Both were 12 to 7? Uh, no, one was, yeah, one might have been 12 to 2. I might have just scratched that game out just, of my mind. Just, <laughs> but that game was close until the until the Cardinals blew it open, I believe, in either in the 8th or the ninth, when they've lost into, in, in extra innings to Washington. I mean, they outside of that one destruction, they've been in all those games. So, I guess for you Braves fans out there, it's not you know, if I was losing eleven and one every game, then I, I wouldn't. Ha- you couldn't have a whole lot of hope. But they've been battling in those games. You working for the Atlanta Braves now? No, I'm just looking at the results that they've been in those games. They've been competitive. They, they're just finding ways to lose instead of finding wins late in the game in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. But one through six, they're still been in the games. You know, their teams out there. Like the Padres that took them, like, with 30 innings to score their first run of the season or something crazy, <laughs> that's bad. Like, you know, that's on another level of bad, you know. So, I'm just saying, take some solace in that, that you are being competitive, and if you can just work the kinks out in the bullpen, you may be able to get a, a little bit better along. No, I mean, there's no working kinks out in that bullpen. They've got an 8 ERA, <laughs> and you're not going to work the kinks out when you've got Freddie Gonzalez as your manager who decides that, hey, you have a shutout through seven innings, only throwing 69 pitches. But you know what? I'm going to yank you for a guy batting 125 and Jace Peterson, who, lo and behold, strikes out on three pitches. And yeah, then I'm going to pitch. That. I'm going to do the lefty-lefty matchup. I'm going to ignore the best pitcher in my bullpen in Aroidas Viscaino. 
and I'm going to turn to a pitcher that the Pirates said, eh, I think I'd rather go with no lefties and Eric O'Flaherty, and pitch him against Bryce Harper. One pitch, double down the line, basically into the game. Dead, it, it, it's nightly, this stuff with Freddie Gonzalez. He's not a major league manager. I, 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 don't, I understand he doesn't have the talent, but this is where you really see somebody's true managerial skills, and you have seen that Freddie has none. He has no – we made a lot of fun of Mike Smith in this town for not being, being able to control the clock. Freddie Gonzalez mm-hmm. can't manage anything. He's a triple-A manager who is not happy unless he's moving things around. I, I am so sick and tired of this, oh, he's a lefty, so I have to put in a lefty in there. Do you think the Yankees ever cared about putting Mario, Mariano Rivera in there against a the right-hander? No. So what you're doing now, not only are you making a dumb decision by putting in a bad pitcher to face the number two player in the game, you're telling your young stud who you're hoping to be a closer for you for the long term that, yeah, I don't think you're good enough to face Bryce Harper. I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand it. Yeah, I, 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 I can't on any of those decisions. We've been talking about it. I, I, I don't know. Uh, did Freddie get a one-year extension, or is, he still, or is he on the last year of his deal right now? Last year of his deal. Okay, yeah, he's he, he, he's done. There's no way to get an extension starting on seven. I don't care who I've got you. Can, you're going to back your way into a win at some point, you know, given they still have major league talent. Yeah, like I said, and I've watched a lot of those games, at least pieces of them. That they've been in the games, and you know, especially when they were playing St. Louis, I was watching it because I was one of the few times I was rooting for the Braves because I need them to be St. Louis. And it's like, come on, come on, Atlanta, don't blow it, and they did. So, I'm do you know how odd of a Braves team this is? Their starting pitchers suck. They've got no defense. They've got no offense. They've actually got some speed. And they have no bullpen. Name me one Braves team from the last 25 years that was like this. I'll answer that for you. There are none. This is the yeah, only no, time yeah. in my lifetime that the Braves <laughs> have had a weak starting rotation, a weak bullpen, a weak defense, and weak bats. It, it's, if I weren't such a baseball fan, I wouldn't watch it because, honestly, it just makes me angry every game. And every game – there's one of these, and people can can bash on Bobby all they want. If you're watching Freddie Gonzalez, you can really see the difference now between a good manager like Bobby Cox and a horrible manager like Freddie Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have a lot to add to it. I mean, there's, when you're 0-7, I try to give the, the people a ray of sunshine. That's, that's, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, you and your high yeah. horse, your team's in first place. Well, second place by yeah. the Cubs. Yeah, but I mean, but that's not sustaining. So, you know, I just let me have But let you're me, not 0 7. You know, yeah, pop my chest for a little bit. But when you start with the Phillies at home, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, so I'm not, I, I wasn't super over the top about that. It just means that we're the best of the two bad teams. But they did shock me uh, with, with, with Pittsburgh, though. Uh, and they were almost a sweep away from there without giving up a grand slam to lose it in the eighth inning. Which leads us to, my, to our horrible bullpen. Jumbo Diaz, buddy, it's over. I, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust Ingrani. I mean, he's still trying to find a secondary pitch, and we're in year three of this experiment with him. And, you know, that, that lefty cut fastball that you got, uh, they're on to it, bro. You, you might want to get another pitch. 
because uh, he also blew the game for Finnegan the other day in in Chicago where they were up, and he gave up three-run Jack, Jack in the eighth. They went from a six and two-thirds of a no-hitter by Finnegan to losing the game five to three. And that's the kind of stuff that I was more expecting from the Rams this year because I knew that our pitching was terrible. But our starting pitching hasn't been bad. Um, Iglesias has been good. Finnegan, who they got in the trade for Cueto for Kansas City, has been good. Uh, they got Simon back from Detroit. And they also – so those three have been kind of holding it down until they can get <clears> – <throat> excuse me, Jessica Finney back. And whenever they get um, – shoot, you know, to Bahamar Bailey back. Um, so we'll see. But I don't think it's sustainable. But I tell you what, dude, I told you about those bats that they could that they may be able to slug, and that that Suarez kid, <laughs> who they got also in the assignment deal with Detroit, having them now both on the same team is kind of crazy for Detroit letting that happen. But he's been he's been filling it up for the Reds, filling in for uh for Frazier at third base. I mean, and Cozart went out the other day. Uh, I think it's that same quad off that leg where his knee got shattered last year with Sora. So fingers crossed he, he get back. He came back hitting though. The way he was sitting before he got hurt. So now you got your left side, left side of your infield and Suarez and Kozar hitting. You know, Brandon was sick for the beginning of the year, and even though he has terrible plate discipline, he's still going to do pretty. You know, hit 270 with some homers and some RBIs, and you know what you're going to get out of Bado. Um, Jay Bruce showing signs of life, but I'm not going to get too happy about that because <laughs> you know that you know they're going to trade him. And I tell you, every time he does something good, he's getting traded the next day because you can't every dangle text, him out there. every time. <laughs> but you can't dangle it for the whole offseason, right? And then have you believe that when he starts to hit, that you aren't going to keep him, even though it's helping you win games. The only way they can do that is if they, if they can somehow sustain this. But I'm looking at this week because now the rubber meets the road. You've got to go to Chicago, and then you've got to go to St. Louis. So can they keep up that, or they, can they come back around 500 or below 500? That's really going to, I think, set kind of the tempo for them moving forward. Yeah, you did everything at home. Everybody's hyped up. So it's, not, it's always great for that opening week because it's in Cincinnati. But, no, no, that's, that's a tough turnaround to go Chicago-St. Louis, uh, given the time that those two teams have. That Chicago team is gnarly. That lineup is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they've proven it. They are – not only that, but they are young. Jason mm-hmm. Hayward is one of their oldest players at 26. Right. I'm sorry to tell you this, bud, but that team is going to be around for a, a long – time. Yeah, unless they get the disease of more. But I, I, we're talking about that lineup, and Brent and Finnegan was no-hitting them almost through seven innings. Like, you know, so I was ecstatic about my young pitcher until my young pitcher blew it in the bullpen. <laughs> but yeah, that Cubs team that Cubs team is going to be around for a while. The only thing that can hurt them is what Pat Riley used to call the disease of more. As that, you get more success and more winning, people want more of the spotlight for themselves and they may want a bigger contract when it comes up to them, and they won't play the ball as much to keep it there. But we still talk about the Wrigley Corporation. They could, <laughs> they could print money if they really want to keep that team together. When you've got Joe Madden, though, I think Joe Madden is just about the best manager to have for a team like that. Joe Madden's probably the best manager in the game anyway. But the yeah. way he can gel it like that, I mean, and he's got, for all, for all of the young star power they've got, they have a core team that is not only talented, but they're very – they don't have much of an ego to them. Jason Hayward's always been a very – a player with very little ego. Dexter Fowler the same way. Uh, Schwarber looks that way. Solaire looks that way. Um, Arietta, 
Lester, hit or miss, depending on what you read from his Boston days. Lackey's always been that way. They've got they've got a team built with not just great talent, but great teammates and a lot of maturity for such young players. I no, I I totally agree. That's just me hoping that the season more takes over so we can break that team up. I I, I totally agree. Um, and I, I think we both call the Cubs next uh, nationally. Uh, you know, the right to go to pennant, but I just. Uh, in the Mets are a whole other story. They don't have enough offense, but I figured that rotation would take them. But, yeah, no, the Cubs are for real, um, and there's no doubt about it. And if you are, if you think they are, that's just you being a hater. I mean, there's no way you can look at that lineup and the bench and the rotation and say, wow, we're going to have to deal with these guys, like you said, next five, ten years, unless, you know, I mean, Chris where do you Wyatt go for an out in that out. lineup? There's you, nowhere you to don't? go for an out. I mean, no, even their pinch hitters, it's going to be Javier Baez back there as a pinch hitter, as their super utility guy. Here's a guy who's mm-hmm. like the number three prospect in the game. I mean, yeah. it, it's foolishness. I mean, yeah, you lose it, Kyle Schwarber, you think, okay, they're going to go down. Well, let me just plug in Jorge Soler. Right. Who 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 can put up the same numbers. Exactly. Like, they're, yeah. they're deep. They're young and deep. And they're, they're, they're going to be a handful. And I don't think there is a, a, a lineup out there. What you have to do is, you know, keep the ball down in the zone and hope they hit, hit it to your – See defenders. That's all you got because you're not going to strike them out on on a regular basis. You're just not. They got great plate discipline as well. So, okay, off to the, off to the Cubs because you know I give them respect, but damn them. Um, I'll let you set the table here for <laughs> for Travis Story. I mean, what a name, last name of Story for what he has happening right now. I'll let you go ahead and, and tell oh the folks goodness. about what he has, what he's doing for Colorado. Oh my lord! You think that after you lose. When you lose Troy Tulowitzki caliber players, you're supposed to take a step back. You're not supposed uh-huh. to put up equal or better production. And the seven bombs, and these aren't just home runs. These are bombs from a kid that's yeah. not even 200 pounds. He's 6'1", 195. Yeah. But, I mean, this is unreal. And he's yeah, playing he's, stellar defense. Yeah, he's he's just going nuts. Um, and I saw that, they, that he gave his uniform to the – to the Hall of Fame, but he didn't give him the bat. And I was like, good for you, Trevor. You're not getting this bat. <laughs> I'm going to use this bat every day until somebody saws it in half with a, with a cut fastball on my hands because there's no way, right? I mean, he's like another Roy Hobbs out there right now. That's It's it's insane uh, where he's going. You can't you can't script a better start to a season to, for Trevor Story. And the, and the name, I just love it. Trevor Story, writing the story, it's, it, it's amazing. Um so the last little piece here about baseball, and I just want to throw it in there because, you know, we talk about a lot of the bad that happens with the leagues uh, and not taking care of the players and this, that, and the other. You know, uh, baseball stepping up and funding 30 four-year scholarships uh, in honor of Dr. Robinson. I think they also donated another million dollars to the, to the museum. I think I just applaud them and stand up for, for, for doing that. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but I just wish that more – of the leagues and more of the players of the league, you know, no matter the color, they have such a platform to do good in this world. They have so many kids and even adults that look up to them that when you see these kind of things happen, I just want to, you know, kind of put it on the pedestal and say, see, you can make a difference. We are recognizing when you try to make a difference. Please, more leagues and more of the players in the leagues come out and do more of these things to make a difference and kind of, you know, take build society up with you because you have such a platform to do it with. So please take advantage of it. It's just another one of those things that proves why baseball is such a timeless sport and why baseball is such a different sport from everything else. 
I mean, a lot of these other sports, and this is not to say that baseball players are perfect because a lot of them are a little bit douchey. Um, <laughs> but, because they are pro athletes, but it, it just seems like the culture around baseball is a much better culture personality-wise than you'll get in basketball or football, which tend to be more of your dumb meathead type players. For football especially, basketball tends to be a whole lot more, uh, I want my money. Because in basketball, one great player can change your team, a la LeBron. In football, mm-hmm. um, really, I don't want to say one man can change your team, but two to three players change your team. Yeah, yeah, a quarterback or a great receiver or a great linebacker mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And baseball, it's the ultimate team sport, and it's the ultimate thinking sport. And we've, we've touched on this a few times, so I'm not going to go into too, this, too much of this because I could spend hours just talking about that. Um, it, I, it's one of the reasons why I love the game so much. I mean, it, it is the ultimate sport where culture plays such a big deal, especially when you go through 162 games. I mean, the attitudes of players really affect I mean, look at players like A-Rod, who were fantastically mm-hmm. talented, but as it goes on and on and on, and as your clubhouse reputation degrades and as people see you're not a great guy, that ends up affecting you. And regardless of the steroid issue, until A-Rod really kind of turned around and quit being such a jerk, his numbers uh-huh. were, tank- were tanking for years. And it, it's uh-huh. the ultimate mental sport. No, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think football is, you know, there's not as much camaraderie because there's just too many guys. And I think you see basketball maybe has the best camaraderie because you have 12 to 15. Uh, but, again, if, if you get any split in that, then it destroys the whole team. And you've seen that. Looking um, at you, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, look, yeah, looking at you real hard. I wasn't going to put him out there, but, you know, yes, yes, you got. Um, but in baseball, you know, the, the all the handshakes they have for each other, you know, the putting the gum on top of the hat, um, just, you know, just the camaraderie <laughs> of, of a baseball team, you know, there's so many things they do. Um, you're absolutely right. And so I, I, like, I really applaud them uh, for, for, for stepping forward with, the, with these scholarships. Um, and for everybody that's out there listening, ESPN actually had a really good story on uh, Alan LaRoche. Uh, and his decision to walk away and um, just, you know, how he is as a person. And, you know, I had a chance to read some of it today, but I would encourage you to go out there and read it. He discusses what happened uh, with his son and, uh, and and everything else that he has going on. So that's a good read. So I just want to throw that in there as we uh, come off of baseball. Um, and on to a little college football that is not people shooting, you know, BBs and making us mad and getting drunk. And Tom says, don't you know who I am? You know, it's their mm-hmm. own Georgia, Ohio State, ridiculous has happened. So, Let's take it broader outside of our two teams. Uh, the NCAA has banned satellite camps and also approved unlimited texting from the coaches to the recruits. And, of course, Urban Meyer, I mean, sometimes, Urban, you just got to, you just got to be cool, bro, and, and, and don't put yourself out there as the face of it because I know what he's thinking. I know what he said that, you know, a guy doesn't want to come out of class and they the 500 text, and, you know, from somewhere like Baylor or somewhere else where they're, they, he, they're no longer in the conversation they're still allowed to text him all day. But you know what he was thinking is, if I got this guy locked up, I don't want Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban to still be able to, <laughs> to text him all day exactly. and change his mind and get him not to come to Columbus. And I know that that's what it was, and I'm, the, and I'm a homer. And anybody who knows me knows I'm an Ohio State homer. But it's like, come on, Urban. You're just For the people that don't like you, 
You're giving them all the fuel that they need because we all see through that, right? So I was like, I, I don't know if I'll really go through that. Um, but I, I didn't really think about the satellite camp ban until I read other kids talk about how it's not so much the Jim Harbaugh taking it to Florida. It's for those other kids that come out to maybe an Ohio exactly. State game where, the, you know, the other schools, the smaller schools can't come see them, so they don't get that chance to impress the other schools. And, um, and it's just really sad for those kids on that piece. So I think they've got to figure out a way to – not maybe, you know, do the take the, the show on the road kind of thing that Harbaugh and Urban Meyer was doing because he was coming to Georgia, but not, you know, take away from these kids that that's their only shot at getting a Division One scholarship or even a Division Two. This is going to sound homerish, but I'm not being a homer, but it, that, that satellite camp thing was very detrimental to the SEC because when you think about it, for a team like Ohio State or for a team like Michigan, coming down south for a week, awesome. Much better yeah. weather, much much nicer temperatures. Um, the the core top players in the nation are here. I'll tell you the talent. Yeah. And, and if you're if you're an SEC coach, I mean, if you're in Florida already, if you're FSU or you're Florida, Georgia, Bama, somebody like that, why would you want to go up north to Michigan to practice when you'd have to stay inside literally the entire week? I mean, so I, I can see it from that angle. It's still just a ploy by Saban because he got tired of people trying to come down and steal his commits. And make no mistake, Saban was the driving force behind it. And what oh, yeah. Saban wants, Saban gets. <laughs> but I mean, the unlimited texting, I'm okay with it because even if Georgia loses a recruit because they don't stay in contact as much, that's Georgia's problem. And if that kid can get himself an, a good scholarship at a small school or if it helps just one player – who wasn't getting looked at before get a scholarship, I'm all for it. Right. And, you know, the flip side of that is that Georgia has the resources to where they're going to put the interns, other people on there. They're going to stay in touch. And even if they were to lose one, think about the numbers they're going to gain, right, because they can do – you know, there's a flip side that I can lose because somebody steals it because I'm going to text it, but I can also gain by stealing from somebody else. So what's the net? You know, if it's a net zero, it's not really a big no harm, no foul kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, if you're getting the positive side, I lost one, but we gained four off of this, and you still win as your Georgia's, your Alabama's, your Ohio State's, right? So I, I, I think that one it was more of Urban just – he was looking very microscopic at, I think, a couple places in the country that were that were causing a problem. But overall, still going to be okay for Ohio State uh, because they have enough facilities and, and staff to where they aren't going to – if they stop communicating with guys because they wanted to. I think it's going to be the same thing with your big SEC schools and anybody that's worth their salt that we look at as being a, somebody that can contend for a championship. Um, but I, I agree with you that it's not as much fun going north north to south as it is. Um, I mean, south to north as it is going north to south in terms of the satellite camps. But they got to find a way not to restrict it from those kids that can't, you know, go to these camps because they can't get, you know, that's the only way to get exposure. And it's not because we wanted a vacation down south, but there are some kids in rural parts of Michigan and Ohio that maybe only can go to um, – the satellite camps and the end, but the other coaches can't come to it, right? So they don't get that exposure. Ohio State can only recruit so many people and sign so many people. Same with Georgia. So it affects those mid-level recruits who need that exposure to get those scholarships as opposed to not your top-tier guys. They're going to get what they need to get, but those mid-tier guys really need that. So I think they need to find a way to balance that, you know, no spring break satellite camps, but, you know, keep the exposure for the smaller kids satellite camps, if that makes sense. I agree with you wholeheartedly. They do. It, it almost seems like they're punishing the kids a little bit by default because a couple mm-hmm. of coaches are bending right. the rules. So what I, I mean, exactly. 
just another reason I don't like Harbaugh. He got the ball rolling. Urban, of course, because that there wasn't a big deal with satellite camps. Nobody was doing them because it was an unwritten rule between coaches that, hey, uh-huh. don't go into my backyard and steal my kids. And then Harbaugh opened the floodgates, so if Michigan's going to do it, you know Ohio State has to do it. They and if Urban's going to do it, you know everyone else is going to do it because, oh, crap, these are two already powerhouse schools. I can't let them get any better. So yeah, it's absolutely. just a big – Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, for opening Pandora's box. <laughs> and he just loves Absolutely. it because he loves any attention. He's that bully in middle school that does whatever he can to get attention, good or bad, just so everybody's talking about him and looking at him. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we're still talking about him because it's, it's the Jim Harbaugh rule. Everybody's going to refer to it as that. So it still works out for him, like you said. All publicity is good publicity as long as you aren't slapping somebody in the mouth for the most part. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, before Blog Talk Lady gets on here and, and, and pushes us out the door because she's good for that, uh, we just want to let everybody know we are now on iTunes. You can go to, I believe it's That's the right. morning after one, uh, and download our podcast. And we have a couple more in depth ones that I need to upload here. I just haven't had a chance to do it. I will do it here in the next couple of days where we had, went to the studio and talked some baseball and talk some football. And we got to do it again here soon. I don't know when we're going to be able to, but we got to. Uh, just want to throw that yeah. out there and. Uh, we'll be back with you again next Wednesday, uh, talking more baseball, of course, and I'm going to give my man Dylan some more time to talk about the draft because we're, we're coming up on, I believe, it's 16 days away or 15 days away or something like that. So I want to get some more of your thoughts um, on that piece as well. Um, so I want to make sure I put that out there before we get cut off. And thank you guys for listening. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to discuss to close the show out? Uh, I, I think there was maybe a couple things that come across the wire, but just anything that tickles your fancy that you wanted to put on? Nothing really. I'm still, you know, I'm in my depressed Braves fan mood. So, you know, I, it, there's a decent slate of games. I'll probably still watch the Braves game tonight, knowing they're going against Strasburg, which means a loss. But I'll watch anyway until I get annoyed and turn it off. But, you know, 2017, right? That's what that's what right. me and you, as Cincinnati and Atlanta fans, have been telling ourselves for 30 years. Next year, we got it. Yeah, right, exactly. It's exactly. Um, just to throw a couple things out there, one for me, uh, the Bengals exercised the option on Tyler Eifert. Uh, he picked up his, his 2017. Exactly. I think that was just a formality. And Dominic Easley was cut today by the Patriots. Um, I did not see that. So really? No, yeah, it, it ju- yeah, it just happened maybe five, ten minutes before the show started. Um, yeah. yeah surprise. He must be in some trouble or hurt. That that's what I was thinking because I mean he wasn't great, but he was still a good rotation guy. And I read the story that they get they have a bigger cap hit for cutting than they would have had to pay. So that lends me to exactly what you were talking about. I believe that he's in trouble, um, or he got hurt, and it's just waiting matter of time for it gets out to us. Yeah, that's that, man. That's I've got a new target for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. That is a that yeah. is a player that you on the field wise you want a disruptive player like that. That is a Sharif Floyd just waiting to happen. Injuries have slowed him down, but my goodness, that is a talented player, depending on what he's in trouble for. Right. Exactly. As always, man, thanks for doing the show with me again this week. We don't, like I said, we're on iTunes. Everybody check us out. Um, prayers up to my homie Dylan. Condolences, bro. Hope everything goes good with the family. Um, and I will be in touch. I'm sure we'll be texting about some sports, and we'll get back on here next week and give the people what they want. 
Well, yeah, now that you dropped that bombshell on me. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it just came across. All right, buddy. I appreciate the thoughts. Um, if anybody wants to know, feel free. And it, we can talk about it later. It's not anything really relevant to the podcast or anything like that. So I appreciate it, guys. And we'll be back next week. All right, bro. Talk to you later, man. See you.